Good morning, everyone. This is my third time saying good morning to most everyone already because we're missing some bodies. Glenn is out in Hermiston. If you don't know where that is, I don't blame you. Uh, it's middle of nowhere, Oregon. He's helping out at the Vineyard Church out there, though, and uh, he's, he's teaching while they are in transition. Uh, and then Kevin is down in California visiting family, spending time with family. Uh, he's running a marathon, too. Well, he's also he's with Rennie, though, so yes, both and. Both and. Uh, running a marathon and family. So that means you guys got me today, so hopefully that's fun. It's been a little while. Kyle, something wrong? Oh, thanks. Great. So uh, this is also pre-planned because we're leaving for Mexico. Obviously, our youth group, uh, most of my kids who are going are here. Mercy, Emma, Rachel, Stephen, so good. We'll be able to pray for everybody. And Bree, oh, sorry, Bree's back there. Bree's always super faithful and back there working the table. Uh, and she's so quiet. What's that? Ava, Ava is going. She's just not here today. Um, but yeah, so we get a chance to pray for everyone. But because of that, Kevin actually thought it would be a really good idea if I spoke because we're going on a missions trip. And so he wanted me to talk on something uh, about missions. And frankly, I don't know a whole lot about missions. I have some opinions about missions, but that's about it. Uh, so what I am going to talk about that ties into it is my sermon's titled uh, Planters and Sowers. And so we're going to talk about uh, missions as investment and how, how we invest by what we do in missions and the value that missions that I believe to, it's supposed to have uh, biblically as far as uh, what, where we serve, when we go, when we go out, why we go out, why are we going out, what is it for, uh, and kind of the value of that and, and kind of dig into what what does missions look like in the kingdom of God as far as what is what are we staking the value in for it? So we're going to start and mostly live in 1 Corinthians 3. Uh, if you have a Bible, smartphone, whatever, feel free to crack that open. We'll be in 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 15. I have my big boy Bible today because I love the NASB version of this passage. Uh, so we'll, we'll just cut straight to it and we'll read it. Uh, I'll read it from there actually. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So that neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God which was given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident. For the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. It's a lot of, there's a lot in there, so we'll, we'll break it down through the whole thing of it. But I found the entire passage and the context of it super valuable and super important. Essentially, Paul is writing to the Corinthians, and he's, what he's talking about is as we build the church and as we build our Christian life, it's kind of, it, it's kind of a both and. He's, he's addressing the church, but he's also talking about your own personal life. Are, are we building with wood, fire, and hay? Or are we building with gold, silver, and metal? 
and what are the things that will last. So it's what we sow into our Christianity, are we sowing in things that are going to last? The same thing you do if you exercise, if you're, you know, if you're trying to get into shape, you made a New Year's resolution that I'm going to work out more. I did, and so far I'm not doing very well. But like, that's like that kind of commitment. I'm putting in an investment into what I'll be later. Because right now at 24, I don't need to worry. I'm not worried so much right now about what I look like. But at 40, it's probably going to be a much bigger deal. And how I maintain and invest in that now at 24 will matter later. And that's kind of what Paul's talking about here in 1 Corinthians so, the, the overall theme is sowing into good soil uh, and, and kind of what we invest. So, that's what we're mostly focusing on. Uh, we live in a kingdom that operates beyond and outside our culture. Our culture is screaming at our hopes and dreams and telling them to hurry up when the Lord is actually saying, slow down, invest, take time, dig deeply. That was just a thought that I'd, I'd had and, and put down as I was going through all of this, and the thought that came to mind is I've had a lot of friends and a lot of people uh, who I feel called to missions. I, you know, and there's probably a few of you here in the room. I feel called to missions. I feel called to missions work. And, and that's amazing, and that's great. And how you want to invest, you feel like that's your investment to give towards the kingdom of God. But one of the questions and one of the things that pop up to my mind a lot is, are, is it lasting? Is it an investment? And, and is it something that you're going to be able to do over and over again? Are you going to be able to sow into something that's going to last? And, and what we have today in Christianity, but also just in the modern world, is a, is a culture, uh, as Phil, Phil Strout, our national director, put it, we, we live in a microwave culture when it's a, a crockpot kingdom. And, and, it's, and it's kind of the same, I, the ideology follows suit with our dreams, or even, even when we know what God's called us to, and, and we feel the tug in our heart to pursue something because of the environment that we're in and the culture around us. We want, we want kind of the instant thing. We want, to see, we want to see what we invest make an impact like now, like tomorrow. Uh, you know, moved up here to Portland Vineyard, wanted to see the church balloon and grow in the first three years. I'm going to be three years here in October, and it's a slow-churning work. It's a, it's a, it's a process, but I, I felt, you know, even I'm guilty of that that culture, that microwave culture. You know, if, if I just show up here, you know, God's really called me here. So if I do what I'm supposed to be called to, then it'll just, you know, it'll explode. It will do everything that I'm hoping to, at least in three years. And that's just not the kingdom that we live in, at least not the world and the tension that we so often find when it comes to the things of God. And so it's the same kind of thought with, uh, with missions work and when we go into missions and when we sow and when we plant. When we go into missions... Uh, we're, we're investing in or sowing into what the kingdom of God is doing elsewhere. We're, or we're just sowing into the kingdom of God. We can be missional living wherever we work. A missional living at Starbucks is always missional living as a nanny. You know, Mercy's missional living at George Fox University. We, there's, there's missional living that we can do everywhere. It's, and it's an investment into what's lasting in the kingdom of God. She's at George, Mercy's at George Fox because she's investing into her education for her future. Kingdom, kingdom investment. Zoe's investing into small kids who are going to grow up who otherwise might not know the Lord, but because she does, she's making an investment, kingdom investment. See what I'm saying? See how these are kind of like kingdom investments? These are lasting things. You don't just pick a job, you pick a job where you can have influence. Kyle and I work at Starbucks, and we really don't like it sometimes. But also, we invest. We get to lead people, because we're in that role in our, in our workplace, 
that it, otherwise we have kingdom influence and kingdom principles of leadership, of the model of Jesus' leadership, that we get to be able to practice. We get to put that into practice in the model that we have, kingdom investment. We've now made a kingdom investment that's lasting because we're going to see those people every day. And so it's the same mindset when we go into missions. So for Mexico, with our kids, it's a kingdom investment to me for multiple reasons and on two fronts. I'm going to kind of tangent off on this so you get why this, why this all comes together, why this makes sense. For our kids, going to Mexico is an investment not only into Door Faith Orphanage, where we go. Uh, we're investing into DJ Shoots' ministry in the orphanage because they're planted there, they're there, they're lasting, uh, and they're, they're helping and getting kids up off their feet. They're helping kids who with no homes and no parents uh, and loving them into health and loving them into like healthy grown-ups. Like, these, these are people who are, who are successfully living lives after living in this orphanage. And so we are investing into lasting kingdom, for one. For two, by taking our youth kids down to something that is lasting and already has influence, like Door Faith does, in return, our kids, they also get invested into. It's a, there's a lasting investment put in and deposited into them because they're going to something that already has a kingdom, that's already kingdom principle. Like, so as we invest into a kingdom mindset, we are also being invested into by something that is kingdom. My life was profoundly changed at 18 when I went to, on, this, on this missions trip uh, to Mexico when I was in high school. I grew up in church, uh, grew up doing the, the vineyard thing. I've been in the vineyard since I was four years old. So I, you know, I've been around, but for some reason, going to Mexico, investing in people I don't know, investing in a culture that was so dramatically different than the United States, uh, for the first time ever, I'd never been out of the country, and, and seeing the kind of work it takes for people just to, just to feel loved and for, for people just to feel wanted. When I grew up at a, you know, in Oregon, in Salem, and you know, very much suburban America, like not, a, not really any issues. And to see the real struggle and what it takes to really invest and what it means to really invest and to do that for a week profoundly changed my view and just deepened my, my well of wanting to have the heart of God. And I came back profoundly changed and made life decisions and kind of just turned a corner at 18. And so that's, again, the kingdom investment thing. I got to invest in what God is doing in his kingdom in Mexico, but I came back and like the kingdom and its mind and how it works was deposited in me because I've made a shift and a commitment that I was going to really pursue uh, the heart of God for things uh, after Mexico. Before that, I kind of just did my own thing. And that this trip profoundly changed me. So why that matters? Why that investment? Why all that stuff? Um, because the more you invest, the further you'll influence. So I started to invest in ministry and started to invest in church and invest in people and in time. And, and so the benefit of that is influence, and, or not even the benefit, but just the impact or what happens is you'll influence uh, and so one of the things that I've found over the last few years since being here at Portland Vineyard is the more Glenn Schroeder has invested in me and the more he's invested in Kyle or Brogan, who he spent a lot of significant personal time with, the more of a profound influence Glenn has on me, the more of a profound influence. It happens in all of your relationships. Like I think well, there's you know, lots of married people in the room when you're married and you have a spouse, 
the more that they're invested in your relationship, the more influence they probably end up having. And it's not like an obligatory thing. You know, Zoe and I are going to get married in October, and I'm not like, well, because I'm going to marry you, I'm obliged to, like, submit to everything that you say. I, I am a little bit, but... Uh, uh, but, but at the same time, it's, there's an investment, though. I made an investment into Zoe and mine's relationship for the rest of my life, or I'm going to. Uh, close enough. Uh, we're getting there. And she, she's going to do the same thing. And because there's an investment, because she's made an investment in my life, she has a profound influence on the things I do, the things I say, decisions I make. And the same goes for me. Like, she moved in July, and we've been together off and on for four years, and and since she's moved to July, I've seen the, like, the influence I have on her. And it's good and bad. But, but that's the reality. It's the reality of everything. This is why this is a, a kind of a, a profound thing to grasp, is the more you invest, the more you'll influence. Because when you invest more and the more deeply you are invested into something, missions, relationship, whatever it will be, the more you will probably influence whatever you're around, good or bad. I've influenced Zoe and, and probably changed her mind or got her to think broad, more broadly about certain things in Scripture. And I've had a really bad influence in some other ways of, you know, as far as like attitude and behavior and stuff like that. So, you know, there's, I, I'm super guilty of it. I'm not saying that, you know, when you, that you invest and therefore your influence is always good. It's not. You know, I, you know we have to filter that through. But it's the, same, the same is true with what we invest in in our life and in our missions and in our call. I can tie everything in relationally because I, I very deeply care about relationships. So you'll probably hear me refer back to Zoe and I or Kyle and I. R- relationships is my foundation for pretty much everything. Uh, and that's probably what I'll glean off of for everything else. But our call from God and what we feel like we're supposed to do and feel led to do, you know, what I've heard all the time from people who are called to missions and, well, I feel like God's calling me to India. Like, that's super awesome. So what are you going to do that's lasting? Are you, like, moving full time? Like, are you planting? No, no, no. I think I'm going to do like a, like a three-month thing, and then I'll come back home. And I'll probably do like a three-month thing somewhere else. And I'm like, okay. That's, to me, that seems backwards, or, or, or not lasting, at least. And the investment doesn't seem to be uh, long-term. And it's not like a fault. It's not like a, hey, you're doing, like, hey, that's wrong. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do, do missions. One of the things that Glenn said that I've, I've found to be true, even though I actually really don't like traveling internationally because I'm super scared of planes and super scared of water. That's why there's my admission for the day. But uh, um, he, Glenn said everyone should go on short-term missions. Encourage everyone to at least do some kind of short-term missions trip. Do something, uh, whether it be a YWAM, whether it be what we're doing in Mexico, whether it be a Nicaragua trip, since that's where we're, we are part of a church planting. Uh, you know, something. Everyone should experience that, and I agree because that experience changed my life dramatically. Now, I don't feel called to missions. I'm probably not going to end up moving to Zimbabwe anytime soon, but somebody will feel called to do it, and there's a value in short-term missions, but how, how we invest in missions, how we invest is all about this sowing and planting thing. If we're, are we sowing into good soil? Are we planting um, literally churches, and are, are we also planting like our, our lives and planting good seed into something that will last. So we'll keep kind of going through the scripture. Um, 3 8 will say, But each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Uh, the text doesn't say deserve, it says receive. Uh, and so, this just to address the whole reward thing. Um, uh, <laughs> 
Sorry, we were at a church last Sunday, and they taught on rewards, and I had a really hard time. So it's just, and they've used this passage. So it's just funny to revisit this now in a different context. Uh, It is because of favor on our lives. Our rewards are only so that we can continue to sow, plant, and invest more into seeing the kingdom of God manifested here on earth. There's a quote from a pastor. I I won't be able to remember it word for word. But it's basically the only reason that we we would ever that we're given more or blessed with more is to give it away there's there's never like a favor and you know the classic thing is the prosperity gospel and finances blah 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 blah. favor in money it's like great now that you have a lot of money though the lord's probably calling you to give most all of it away that's probably where that should go because the investment thing that whole kingdom the upside down you know blessed are the or the poor in spirit you know these are the things that we value heavily in the vineyard but also it's just a kingdom value so if there's favor or reward, whatever we're given reward-wise is meant to be reaped as kingdom and investment more so. You're given more to give away more. And so that's kind of the concept here as far as what I, what I believe for that reward scripture to, to say. I want to read it one more time. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. In my mind, that is... So the one person who is watering uh, is going to receive a reward that will benefit him to do more of that. Oh, you've given of yourself. Here's a reward to do more and then have more influence. You invested this much and influenced this much, so here's more so you can invest more and influence more. And it's more kingdom. It's more of on earth as it is in heaven. These things that we value, the kingdom coming on earth and what, what we are called to uh, as, as Christians. And then the same would go for uh, the person who plants. The more they plant and the seed that they give, is the more is given so that they can keep planting. It's not to hang on to. There's a, we'll visit it later, but there's a, a passage, uh, one of the parables in Matthew. talks about the, the various sowers, and one of the sowers, like, hiding his, his way and burying it, and the Lord doesn't bless that, and there's nothing, there was nothing that reaped of that. Um, moving forward, verse 11, read it again. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds upon the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each man's work will become evident. For the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. Uh, So how do we sow and plant? Anyone? I'll actually, like, I, I like open engagement. How do we sow and plant? What would, like, how, what is sowing and planting? How, how do we plant or sow? Literally or figuratively. Bubba, you do a lot of farming. Yeah, you plant seeds, right? That's a effort. <laughs> yeah, effort. <laughs> That's super true. So all of that kind of effort, you know, you plant seeds. Time, energy, and resources. It's something I mentioned earlier, actually taking our offering. How we invest or how we plant and how we sow, what are we sowing? Well, we're sowing in our time. We're sowing in our energy and we're sowing in our resources. There's some statistic that shows that money, time, and energy are like the three, like Keith, I think it's a business deal or something. Those are the, the three telltale signs of like your investment in something or like what you're most committed to, like what... Everyone says actions speak louder than words. How can you tell by your actions? But time, energy, and, and money spent. So I know that Camille Jordine from Mexico this year put a ton of time and a 
ton of energy and money into making sure that we had our kids funded this year and make sure we had a fundraiser, a successful fundraiser. And I can tell it takes me three minutes. You can ask, ask somebody here, ask Camille herself, how much time did you put in? Uh, countless hours, I honestly can't remember, and I stayed up way too many nights. How much energy did you put in? Well, I'm dog-tired, and we're not even in Mexico yet. So there's, you know, how much money did you spend? Well, no, it, some, but it doesn't matter because we got the kids the money that they needed. You know, th those are the kind of responses that I, at least I would probably give. But that alone, how, how are we investing? Well, what am I putting my time, my energy, and my resources into? And we can evaluate ourselves and, like, who we are as a church, but also who we are as individuals in, in our planting and sowing based on our time, our energy, and our resources. And it's really easy. What's your money going to? What's your time going to? And, you know, where's your energy? Like, are, is all your energy focused on, you know, X, Y, Z? Like, my energy is more focused on... Uh, my energy is not focused at Starbucks where I work, like, half the time. So that's, that, like, so I'm kind of lackadaisical there. Like, it's not always there. My energy is not typically there. My energy is usually here at the church. I invest a lot of my energy here. I invest as much time as I can here. Time is kind of obligatory spent at Starbucks because got to pay the bills. But, you know, that's time is spent there. Time is spent here. I invest with those things. If somebody wanted to know about me, they can look at those three things and know, well, this is... I can wrap up Tucker in a few words because his time spent here, his money spent here, and his energy is spent here. And that kind of sums up the investment. So we can look at our investment and how we're sowing into something uh, missionally based on our time, energy, and our resources. Uh, the foundation of Jesus Christ will have gold, silver, wood, and hay all added to it by us, but only those things built into the kingdom that will survive the testing of fire will remain. This is valuable for this reason. What Paul's kind of addressing and what he's saying is we will build things in our life, we will invest time, energy, and resources into things uh, that will last and test through fire, that will be gold, silver, and metal in the kingdom, and then we will add other things that we think are those, and they're going to be wood and hay. And Paul's mostly addressing when Jesus comes back, he's going to evaluate not your salvation, but he's going to evaluate, you know, what, what did you do? Like, not as like a... I'm going to shame you thing. We kind of saw something like that last weekend and it made me cringe. Uh, not as like a shame thing, but it's just strictly like a, all right, I changed your life. I'm saving your life for eternity. So what did you do with that? Like, I, so what, like what, what did you do with that? Just an evaluation. It's not like a, you know, and, and now to the seventh heaven you go, which was a terrible TV show, and like the, or like the first heaven. Um, you know, so, you know not, not that. It's, it'll be an evaluation of, I, I gave you eternity, what did you do with it? And that's, like, what was your response? Like, when I gave you, the, like, the freedom and the responsibility to carry eternity with you, what did you do with eternity? Did you just chill and kind of relax? Were you building? When you were building, did you think you were building one thing, but really it was something else? Or uh, did, was it really lasting? Did it really invest? Is it going to stand through time and through fire? And so I look at... Things like, um, I think of certain missions programs, or I think of orphanages, or I think of our Mexico trip in particular, and I think of Door of Faith, and I think of the investment made by this church to be there, and the amount of, I think I asked Darlene, I think we're on year 21 or 22 of going to Mexico, 
Is it 19? Okay. I know it's been nearly 20 years or around there that we have gone to Door of Faith, and DJ has been there from the start, and he's going to continue being there. And so that, to me, I, I look at the time, energy, and resources that we put into being in Mexico, and I at least, I mean, based on my young evaluation, I look at that and I think, man, that's a, that's an, that's a gold and silver and metal kind of investment. That's a, we're building, like that's something in, being invested in building into that's going to stand and last your time because I think of the hundreds of maybe thousands, probably hundreds though, of lives of kids being influenced and lives being changed and seeing the love of Jesus because of the, the long investment, the long, that slow cooking, that process, kind of what we started on, you know, the whole, the whole is it microwavey or is it, is it a crock pot? And, and I think of Dofo and I think that's, that's, a, that's a crock pot. That's over time, that's a long list of people influenced. It's a lot of people who have got to experience God, including our youth and then also including all the kids that are there. And so I look at that, and that's something that I would say is gold, silver, and metal, at least as far as what I can tell. And then there's the wood, fire, and hay, or the wood, hay, and stock, or something like that, and it'll burn away. And some of that is, it can, it can even be good things, or we can even think that we're doing really good things, uh, or something that we think is going to last in the kingdom, but we're going we're gonna to stand before Jesus someday, and he's going to be like, well, you know, did it last? And to me, this is, this, is how we do, this is the importance of missions. When I go on missions and I go serve, am I investing, am I planting, and am I sowing into soil that's going to last? And that's what we're about at this church. That's what we're about in the Vineyard Movement. Are we investing in something that's going to last? That's why you get married. I'm going to marry this person because this is going to last the rest of my life. I, I believe that through every... Trial, storm, error, good, bad, ugly, whatever, this is going to last. I'm going to make this last. And it's the same kind of context for what we do with, with the freedom God gave us. There's this, you know, Jesus dies and gives us this profound freedom when we accept him to basically do what you want. Paul, Paul writes it earlier in the letter. He says, he says, you can do what you want. To each man their, you know, is their own uh, it's to their own. Basically, if you can, if you can refrain from doing one thing, and but you feel the freedom to do it and can moderate this thing, great. And if you feel like you know X Y Z can't do it, and so you want to be respectful and not do whatever around them, that's awesome. And it's kind of the same thing with the call of God. If you feel like you want to go do this, you can. Then you can do that. Like there's freedom to do it. Like if Jesus is at the center of your heart and you feel like you're supposed to go do something or you want to go do it, there's room and there's freedom to do it. But there's an evaluation that'll come later. That will be, well, was it gold, silver, and metal, or was it wood, hay, and stock? There's freedom to do it, and there will be freedom, and that discussion will be had, whatever it will look like, with Jesus someday. And there's, there's room for it, but are the decisions and choices and where we go and the missions that we serve in, the missions programs that we give money to, wherever, X, Y, Z, is it lasting? Is it going to stand the test of time? I've got freedom to do it, but, but what am I doing with my freedom? This could really be two sermons. We could talk about the whole planting and sowing, and then we could talk about responsibility with freedom from Jesus. But we'll stick on the, the former. Um, so with that, uh, we'll keep going through. Um, actually, we'll just look at Matthew 13 and kind of a, a different perspective, at least on one of these parables. Just to kind of add to what, I, what I'm saying. 
Jesus 13, 3 through 9. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on the rocky places where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. So, I won't violate context in the Bible. This is mostly about the gospel being shared, and this is about God being the sower initially. That's what this is. So, we're not going to just totally violate context and break the rules. Uh, but it does point out, there's, there's some interesting language here about seeds where they fall, how they grow, things that we do that do directly correlate with what we're talking about. And it directly correlates to what we, what we plant, because now we become co-laborers, right? So if the gospel was shared by Jesus and those who receive it, this is how they receive it. So if we've received the gospel and we are now co-laborers and our God is to spread the gospel and make disciples, that's the Great Commission, uh, then this applies. This, is, this doesn't mean that we're suddenly off the hook. This is something that we also are like called to take part in. We are called to take part in what we plant and where we put seeds. And if we throw some seeds over there, they'll get choked. If we throw some seeds over there, they'll grow, but they'll have no foundation. And see how that is eerily similar to building with gold and silver and metal or with wood, hay, and stock? Is everyone still tracking with me? See how this all kind of comes together? And so that's it's just another deep evaluation. Am I putting in enough? Am I investing into lasting, good, deep soil that will grow over time? Or am I investing uh, little soil with no foundation? I'll see really cool things happen at first, and then it'll die and wither away because there's no foundation to it. This happens at church plants. This happens at missions organizations where, where, they, where they put their seed. And again, this is not like an ill will or like bad intentions. But because of taking the risk of the freedom that they have, things don't last or they don't work. So discerning how and what, like, what we're supposed to sow into, what are we supposed to invest in, I found this be, to be really valuable because as a church, we're so small, it means a great deal to me, to the Jordines, to our youth kids every year when we do Mexico because this is a deep investment. And it's not just an investment that I think is like, oh, yeah, Send the kids on a mission trip. That's a good little idea. Like, you know, it'll be good for them. It's like, no, this is also like really an investment. This is not just a, uh, like, we want to see our kids, you know, have a life-changing experience. Yes, we do. But also, like, we're taking them down there with the mindset of of actually being missional, which means we're actually building something that lasts. And we're, we're, we're taking part in. We have the pleasure to be there for a week to invest in what God is already doing. We didn't bring the goods. We didn't bring the ability to make God do something. We're investing in what he's already doing. We've seen, yes, we've, we've seen what's going on there and said, that's lasting. That's the kingdom. That's what we want to be a part of. We're going to invest in that. And so that, to me, that kind of sums up what, I was, what this is all about um, on, two, on two fronts. That's what we're doing as a youth group. That's the direction we're going as a youth group as far as with Mexico, but also here at the church as a youth group. We believe invest, investing our time here and investing in what we're doing here because we're, we're going to believe the best about our church and we're going to believe that our church is, is here 
to stay and is lasting and it has profound influence. I know it because I see it every Thursday when I pop by and I see those families that are coming in through the food pantry. I know it because of the home groups that I've been a part of and seeing the lives changed and seeing the Lord do, do things in people's lives. I know it because it has dramatically impacted my life the last two and a half years. So I, I know, I know it. I know it when we go to Mexico, and I know it here. And so it's a really valuable thing. Are we investing with our time, energy, and our resources? And are we really believing that we're investing into something that's lasting? And then that can be evaluated in your jobs, in your relationships. You know, and is the job I'm working really, is this lasting and impactful for my family? Because kingdom is family, so that's, that's a really great place to start. Is this, uh, is this an investment into my future? Like, am I going to build off of this? Uh, and, of course, do I feel like the Lord is on it? Do I have peace about it? So <clears throat> I'll close with one thought, I don't, and I don't feel bad about admitting that I wrote this down or else I would totally forget it. Uh, and I wrote, did we sow and invest in the things of God that will last through the fire? And are we invested in the things of the kingdom? Are we invested, or are we invested in things that look like the kingdom? And so I'll just to kind of summarize we live in a world today where it's super easy, where things look really cool, like, like Jesus things, not, not just like the world things. Like things in today's Christianity look really cool. Like they do. They look cool. They look attractive. They look awesome. And it would be super easy for me to just be like, man, I want to be a part of that church. I want to be a part of that ministry. I want to play for that worship band. I want to make that worship sound. I want X, Y, Z. Super easy. Super, super easy. But at the end of the day, when I have to stand in front of Jesus, am I going to be able, is he going to take a deep evaluation of like the investments I made for the kingdom of God? And if those are the things I chose, did I, did I just throw a bunch of wood, fire, and hay on somebody else's gold, silver, and metal? Like all of that foundation and all of that hard work that somebody else built did I just go run and say, well, I, yeah, me too. And, but then all I missed, but then I missed out on the profound influence that I could have. You know, I, two and a half years ago, three years ago, I applied for a school of ministry in Redding, California. And this is a church that's producing, like putting out the worship songs that you hear here, the worship songs that you hear pretty much everywhere. Uh, and, you know, they use the school to kind of raise up and filter through their musicians. And I was convinced that I could do it. I was convinced that that's where I should go for a time. I was like, and I was like, this is where I want to go because I want to do that. Like, I want to pl- play at the cool church. I want to play for the, for the label. I want to do all that stuff. Super, super convinced. And then was deeply, deeply convicted for multiple reasons. And then through conversations with pastors, it's like, but man, that's... But am, am I really having the influence and the impact that I'm called to by being there? Or am I just, to relate it to this message, am I just throwing wood and hay on top of something? Because what they're doing there is amazing. And it's gold and it's metal and it's silver, especially for the people who started it and the people who have been faithful to it since they have been. But for me, at 21, when I applied, 20 when I applied, I was going there to play drums. Like, I was trying to play drums. That was my one thing, which is one gift I have of, you know, I can think of three that I actually that I actually practice, and I'm sure there's more because the Lord is super good. Not because I'm all that great. But uh, 
but I was going to try and just do one. And it was one that they had 50 other people capable of doing just as good or better than me. <laughs> and so it, when, that, when that dawns on, on me, at least, and I think about that time, uh, it's, I realize now that it's much harder to make investments because it takes a lot longer to reap the benefits of it. It's, it's like making an investment in your bank account like, or having you know, it's the same, same you know, and with interest, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's the same thing with kingdom. When we invest now, I'm, again, third year of being here instead of doing the cool thing, and I exponentially feel like I'm doing more and more lasting work by being here than if I was pl- trying to play drums, and I don't even know if I would have. I would have gotten to that school, maybe not be playing drums, and then have no idea what I was even doing there. And so th- this feels like exponentially more of an investment. And, and so, and, and I committed my time, energy, and my resources. And so that's kind of what today is about. Um, so we'll, we'll close with that. I'll pray.